Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and I am here today with the lovely Elizabeth Trinkus. Elizabeth delights in living her best life and helping women of all ages to do the same. With her new book, Enough Already, Yes, You Are, she shares real-life solutions readers can use to wake up to their most authentic selves and live with more joy and satisfaction. She is also the co-author of Conversations on Success with Deepak Chopra and several others, and Success Simplified with Stephen Covey and several others. Endorsed by Jack Canfield, co-author of the best-selling Chicken Soup for the Soul series and The Success Principles, Elizabeth's book reminds readers that this shift in thinking creates greater ease and inspiration for all their visions. President of Pinnacle View, speaker, master coach, Elizabeth has been inspiring audiences for over 25 years. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Mm, It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for making all this happen. Oh, you are so welcome. Well, I'm really excited. You've been doing this for a very long time, and clearly that means you are a leader, Elizabeth. When I'm talking with wickedly smart women, I like to get up underneath your leadership. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the maybe the backstory that called you to write this book, Enough Already, Yes, You Are. What was the calling that pulled you forward? And what was the experience of getting that calling and answering it? That is really twofold. It started with me not feeling enough. And I felt not enough in relationships. I felt not enough in work. I felt not enough with friends. And I received help from a coach that helped me to see this story that I was telling myself, knowing that every thought holds an action, creates an action, every action creates an outcome. And that when I separated out from those limiting beliefs of not enough, I could be me, my unique self with all my imperfections, all my unmet goals, all the dreams on my list, and still be enough. It's about owning our enoughness today and then taking that with us for our dreams and goals. So that was the first part. The, the second was I was hosting women's wellness retreats, which I love doing all over. And they would say, you must share these tools with women because I feel so much better. I feel lighter. I feel more confident. I have more joy. And the tools are simple and powerful and they really, really work. So I am delighted to bring them to as, as many women as I know. 
Beautiful. Well, I want to go deeper. I want to go under the covers with you, Elizabeth, and see if you are willing to share with our Wickedly Smart Women, what was the genesis of this not enough feeling? Is there a backstory or is it, you know, just because you grew up in a culture that perpetuates the mythology and gives us you know, media images day after day after day that perpetuates that as well. Can you talk a little bit more about your own specific path that, you know, first maybe led you to the realization, like, I don't think I'm enough, right? right like, because right. like, like, you're in the not enough, right? And then all yeah. of a sudden, something must have happened to be like, oh my God, I'm thinking I'm not enough, right? Right. Um, a couple of things come to mind immediately. One is, yes, it's a cultural thing, and that helps other women realize they're not alone, that this has been passed down for generation after generation. My mom was taught it. Her mom was taught it. My father, who I adore, who he passed many years ago, when I was his cheerleader, he was giving me lots of attention. And when I wasn't his cheerleader saying, dad, you can do this. He was an amazing artist. He would withdraw his energy. And I learned at a very old age, small T truth, not capital T truth, that I had to work for love. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a conscious thing. When I started dating, I would pick the bad boys, Emerald, because those were the boys I was attracted to. And it matched my pattern because I told myself on a subconscious level, you must work for love. And if I could get a bad boy to like me, then I was lovable somehow. And so I made some really tough choices as a result of it and had some real aha moments after an abusive situation where I got out and I was sitting in my RV camper. I, I managed to pull up to a church parking lot and I just sat there and I said, what are you doing? who are you? What are you doing? And it was an amazing stop in my life. Shine the light on who you are and who you're not. Get support. I'm all about getting a coach, getting a therapist to, to help sort through the stories that are happening in your mind. And I did just that. And it was a process of looking at the old story of working for love and capital T truth. I don't have to work for love. Absolutely know it, own it, had the experience of if I have to work for love again, I don't need to be in relationships because I've got great friends. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, at that time, I didn't really know it was possible not to because I didn't have that as any kind of history for me. Mm -hmm. I let it go. I made a declaration to God, the universe. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not, I am not doing this. And it wasn't long after that, that I met, not long as in six months, but that I met someone where I didn't have to work for love. And before that day, Emerald, before that experience, I never would have been attracted to this person, literally, because I was telling myself on a subconscious level, I have to work for love. That was my old story. My new story is I don't have to work for love. I am enough. And there are lots of other tools that go along with it. It is not a flip of a switch, as we all know. 
It's a shifting of the old story to the new. And I met this person where I do not have to work for love. We just celebrated our 21st anniversary. Don't choose to be married, but he is a delightful and he is a manifestation of that shifting of that belief system within me where I own my enough and I'm not living under the old story, under the old umbrella of I have to work for love. I'm not enough. Mm, beautiful. There's so much juice in there. So I just want to um, just want to go back and pick on one piece there that I think is really powerful. But first, I want to say, you know, I share a similar story to you. My dad was a, a raging abusive alcoholic. Mm. And so my coping patterns were kind of, I, I had multiple coping patterns. One is yeah. I hide, right? So yeah. I, because hiding under the bed or hiding in the closet or hiding, hiding, hiding mm. was, you know, how to stay safe. And right. so even if I was in a relationship, who I was, was hiding somewhere. Right. right. I have to hide in order yes. to be safe in Absolutely. love. Right. I, I have to hide in order to be safe in love. Right. Oh my gosh. I hear you. <laughs> was my story. And yep. the other part of the story was love equals, you know, being beaten. Love equals abuse. Love equals rage. Love equals cray cray. Love right. addiction and alcoholism and all the, you know, cra so the quote unquote, bad boys. I, I was a massive magnet for those myself. Yeah, so yeah, so we definitely share some, um, some similarities there. The piece that I really liked about this, that I really want our listeners who might be as a result of listening to this interview, getting a wake up call. Yes. As a result of listening to this interview is you didn't know that there was another possibility. You didn't know what else was possible. So just the fact that you have now celebrated 21 years with somebody in a love relationship where yes. you are enough yes. is a beautiful seed or flashlight. Let's say it's a flashlight sure. Sure. for our listeners who may just be waking up. And the other thing I loved about what you just said was you made a declaration. So yes. I'm guessing that making declarations might be part of the toolbox. Yes. So I'd love to have you share maybe one or two of the tools that you know, you've accumulated as a result of your own journey and that you now share in the book to help people, especially those who might be just like now, right in this moment, getting like, oh my God, something else is possible, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of them is really understanding the old story, new story. We both just spoke of our old story that mine, uh, I must work for love. Yours was hiding makes me safe. Those are old stories. And I really want to just pause for a moment and say, you know what, those old stories saved us and they served us then. So there is nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with you as the listeners, okay? Those stories served us, those small T truths. There comes a day when they absolutely do not serve us anymore because we all want to be happy. We all want to love and be loved. We all want to wake up and take a deep breath and be in gratitude as opposed to fear and grief and the feelings of uh, the, the oppressive feelings of not enough. So 
taking the time to understand our old story and shifting to a new story is really key. We do this in all of our retreats. We literally write our new story. We really literally write it. And women are really good at it. If I tell them they're going to have to write something or write a poem, they're like, oh man, I'm not a writer. It's like, you know what? It's not about that. And they're good at it because that is their soul speaking and it's in them. So old story, new story. Another great quick tool for women is the idea. There's a chapter in the book called Shifting the Station. Just like when we were listening to the radio and the song comes on and you don't like or you're tired of. I talk about Phil Collins. I loved Phil in the 80s. I'm like, I don't want to hear Phil Collins. Sorry, Phil. I just don't want to hear him anymore. And it's like switching the station to a song that fuels me. Lady Gaga just rocks me, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's time to switch the station. So noticing the thoughts in your head and recognizing that there's times to switch the station and you have the power to do so. There was a day when I didn't know I had the power to do so. I thought I was stuck with Phil. Okay, if you will. (laughs) And I'm not. And I can change the station and I can listen to powerful Lady Gaga or who else I want to listen to that empowers me, that fuels me. And I have the power to do that. It's simple but powerful. Um, another really quick tool is SNL. And I, it's a great reminder, but it's not Saturday Night Live. The S stands for stop. The N stands for notice. So I stop. I notice what I'm telling myself. Am I reverting back to an old story? Maybe, probably, just because it's familiar, not because you're not doing it right or anything else. You just notice. And then the L is shift to love. Mm-hmm. And to, to shift from that voice of the critic that we all know so well as women, always comparing, never thinking we're enough, to the voice of compassion. Hmm. The voice of compassion. And if we don't know what to tell ourselves, think about what you'd tell a friend. Because we're really good at shifting, giving advice to our friends. And it's easy and it comes just organically and naturally to us. Hmm. So the SNL is another real helpful tool that my clients love. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. That's awesome. And we're already at the break. It's amazing how quickly this goes. Um, So right now, I want to thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners. Where are you right now, Elizabeth? Where are you? I'm in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. All right. We're going to shout out to our listeners in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And we'll be right back with Elizabeth Trinkus. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. 
Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Elizabeth Trinkus. She is the author of Enough Already. Yes, you are. And she has been sharing some really powerful tools that you can use to transform your old story into a new story. So before we went to the break, Elizabeth, you gave us three big powerful things to do. One, shift the story, go from the old story to the new story. Two, shift the station to a new song. And what fuels you was part of that. And then the third thing was SNL, stop, notice, and love. So I want to start with what fuels me. So one thing that I noticed that actually was a stopping point for me in my own journey was the very first time I went on a retreat. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have retreat in my radar screen, right? <laughs> yeah. I was so deep in the abuse dynamic. Mm. I was so deep in the mess. I was mm. just in so much pain that it just, it was literally like being in the swamp. You're in the swamp. You don't right. know that there's anything other than the swamp, right? right? But somehow I got clued into a retreat situation and yeah. just changing my environment and surrounding myself with different people who I had never met before, who had yes. different points of view was huge because the way that people can find you right now is at lizretreats.com. So uh, it makes sense for us to talk a little bit about retreats and about the power of taking yourself and finding your fuel, like finding what fuels you. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely delight in doing the retreats and magic happens in a very short amount of time. I just got back from Uh, the Fairmont Lake Louise in Banff, where I'm going regularly every year to do a wellness retreat. And uh, one of the participants has given me permission to use her story. And on day two, she said, she spoke to us on day two. She said that when she was on the way to the airport, she was texting her husband going, what am I doing? WTF, why am I doing this? Why am I going? I don't know anybody. And she got to the retreat. She really separated out from the not enoughs. And she went from WTF to WTB, which we teach, which is walk, talk, breathe. Walk, similar to SNL. You're walking, you do the positive self-talk, and you do deep breaths. Walk, talk, breathe. So her, her testimonial, which helped so many, has helped so many other women come to the retreats because you can be really intimidated coming to the retreat. Who am I? What am I going to be doing? Who's going to be there? So she went from WTF to walk, talk, breathe, WTB, and made lifelong friends there. And she said, most importantly, she made a lifelong friend in herself. Mm. And that is what she was looking for all along. The design of the retreats are different. I've got an Eat, Pray, Live tour coming up this fall. I'll be in Charleston in the fall and Wisconsin Dells in the fall. The design is different. The concept is always the same because it works. And women come back over and over again once they come. And it is this way of separating out from the old stories, the not enoughs. And when we do we like ourselves so much more when those old stories aren't there. It's like, it's like wearing glasses that 
keep us from really seeing the blue sky or the stars. And you take off the glasses because they aren't you. They really aren't you, your old story and my old story. We took the glasses off. We're like, holy crap. It looks really different without those glasses on, you know? <laughs> they take the glasses off. They do it quickly. And... <laughs> Yeah. And they put new glasses on. Taking the glasses. Yeah, you got your new glasses. That's right. I'm going to use that. We're going to have new glasses. <laughs> now, when, just for the listeners, I just actually have a pair of hot pink dollar sign sunglasses <laughs> on my desk that just wanted to be put on in that moment. <laughs> yes. So putting on new glasses, yes, that are that are hot pink, if you will. And they are empowering instead of taking our power away. Right. And that is the beauty. And so much happens in a short amount of time at the retreats or I wouldn't keep doing them. I mean, I absolutely love them, but the impact is, is so profound. Um, it's hard to put words to it. The best I can do to describe it is there is an intimidation going in until you've attended one. Intimidation going in and there's a ease with self that is absolutely priceless, that you experience that, that, that we all want, an ease with self where we're not looking around, hoping people like us, hoping people, hoping we like them, comparing ourselves, just all the crap we can do as women to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's just the, you know what, I don't need that anymore. I am absolutely enough right here, right now. And when I own that platform of enough, it gives me more inspiration for all those dreams that I'm going for, ideas, dreams, whatever that is. Beautiful. Well, I want to talk about now you being a businesswoman because, yes. you know, part of our listening audience is, I'm sure, women who are either thinking about or already in their own business. And one thing that happened for me was I actually took the old story and overlaid it on the business and had my business become my abuser for a while. Oh, right? Dude, I get it. Yeah. So this idea of ease with self, I'd love to have you talk as a business leader about what I like to call valuing your vision, because yes. you value your vision and you're willing to go out there, you're willing to set up your business, you're willing to yes. ask for money, you're willing to make deals, you're willing to do all the things. So this idea of ease with self, if, if you're coming into a business feeling not enough, then you're right. going to do the whole not enough thing Everywhere. Everywhere. So Absolutely. Can talk a little bit about how you went through the process of saying yes to, oh, not only are you called to be an author, not only are you called to be a speaker, but that actually requires you to have a business too. So can you talk a little bit about that journey and maybe help our business-minded women as well? Absolutely. I am the first to say at any speaking engagement retreat, I everything I teach, I need to learn. There's a chapter in my book about that. I practice every one of these tools. And I don't mean I practice them and I have arrived. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I practiced them before I got on our call. I practiced them when I got up this morning and put my feet on the ground and declared what kind of day I was going to have. I practiced them when I said what I'm grateful for today because that raises my vibration. So it is a moment to moment, breath by breath experience that's so worth it because I'm worth it and you're worth it. 
And I just want to really put that out there because when people hear I'm doing retreats or author, I practice these tools every day and I have a coach that's on speed dial in Santa Barbara who I reached out to today. So I get the support. I practice the tools. I really, really do. This is not a I've arrived situation at all. I absolutely love what I do. And for us as humans, it is a practice. It is really a practice. And the more we practice, the easier it gets. I can promise you that. It's like developing a muscle. Mm -hmm. And the kinder you are to yourself, the kinder those thoughts come. It's kind of like learning a new language. Because first, it is really, really foreign. And then you may learn a few words and they come to you more quickly. The practice of being speaking kindly to yourself you will speak more kindly. You will be more of your own best friend, a cheerleader to yourself. So the tools are phenomenal. And I mean that. And they're universal. It's all about the power of our thought. It's all about shifting in the book from doubting Dottie to believing Betty within us. Because when the critic's yelling at us, we are literally depleting our energy. We are taking ourselves out. We are becoming depleted and depressed. And when believing Betty is in charge, we are taking deeper breaths. We are, we are more inspired. We are more hopeful. We are more, yeah, I, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can have the audacity to have this dream and set out, even though there's, there's of course, fears there, mm-hmm. still there. So it is, it is a moment-to-moment Pay attention to what you're telling yourself. Be willing to shift to the positive. Be kind to yourself. And you really will feel better. And it gives you more energy and inspiration for the things you're wanting to do, whatever that is for you. Mm, Beautiful. I love that you use the word doubting Dottie. My mom, who just passed in January, her name was Dottie, and she definitely was a doubter. Oh, my God. Not only did I have an alcoholic abusive father, but I also had, my mom had some mental health issues and all um, of those other things. And so the, wow. the, the doubting Dottie really resonates. Oh, I bet. I'm and, so and what I want to do is I want to actually use this opportunity to send up my own lineage, right? Yes. Just send right up my own lineage to my mother, to her mother, to her mother, to her yes. mother, to her mother. Get support, ladies. Yes. <laughs> I want to send yes. that to the lineage. Get some support. There it and is. Practice, practice kinder thoughts towards yourself because you're worth it. So Yes. Yeah. All right, beautiful lady. Well, we have about a minute left. If there was one thing that you would like to leave with our listeners, uh, what would that be? That it is a, not only a responsibility, but a privilege that we have to speak kindly to ourselves, and that positive ripple will affect every corner of your life and that may you walk away today knowing with certainty that you are enough already. Yes, you are. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, Ladies, you can find out more about Liz at lizretreats.com. We will have that information in the show notes. And I want to let you know that we do love feedback Please let us know what you thought of today's show or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. 
Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.